Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Hi, and welcome to another session of Michael's Naturopathy Today with my co-host, Steve Langford from HealthQuest Podcasting. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? Hello, Michael. I'm doing well. Uh, I've often said every day above ground is a good day. Um, <laughs> some days I wonder if that's really true, but I'm here, I'm happy, and I'm healthy, and looking forward to doing more informative podcasts with you. Fabulous. You know, I, I feel the same way. Every day above ground is a good day, <laughs> even in spite of the insanity and the summer heat that we've all been experiencing. Um, the insanity is more on, you know, the political level and the disharmony within this country. You would think that no one ever heard where Jesus said, love one another. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know who the guy is or what he was talking about, but it's not applicable for what's going on here. Crazy time. Yes, you know, it, it is a crazy time. And a lot of people are discombobulated, if that's still a word. It's one my mom used, but, you know, just out of sorts and not sure how everything is supposed to be, but it doesn't feel like it's quite right. No, it's not, you know, and there's a thing... I guess it's in the new gospels. I was going to say in one of particular books, but it could be in all four gospels. And that is a house divided will fall. And yes. at this point in time, we are so divided that it's frightening. And I think, you know, it, that ties into an email that I got from a mom about being really worried about her children going back to school with this new surgence of COVID BA5, you know, next it'll be 0 0.6, 0 0.7, 0 0.9. It's going to be an endless thing. So she's really worried. What can I do to keep my children healthy? It's really interesting. If you think back to when, you know, your kids were in school, when my kids were in school, they would come home and they would say, you know, half the class is sick with the flu or something to that effect. And it raised the question, why do some of the kids in school get sick, but not all the kids? Isn't that interesting? It is interesting, and I hope you've got an answer for us. But of course, <laughs> I have answers for everything. <laughs> Sometimes they're absolutely right, but... Yes, uh, why am I not surprised? <laughs> and so, you know, some of the factors that go into that it depends on what's going on in the house. It depends on the lifestyle. It depends on the diet. And what's unfortunate is that so many American children are not healthy. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was in the stores working or doing, you know, a training or even doing consults, I'd see little kids come in with deep, dark circles under their eyes. And I know immediately, one, they're malnourished, and two, they're under a lot of stress. You know, parents may not think that a child of seven, eight, nine years old is dealing with stress, but they are. You know, yes. there could be disharmony in the house. 
that's certainly going to create a lot of stress for the child. The diet, you know, trying, you know, and, and you see now the kids at, at six and seven, they're on their computers already. They've got an iPhone. They're getting plugged in. God only knows what they're being exposed to and what concepts are being laid in their subconscious mind, what they're being taught. And that too creates a lot of stress. So those are some of the things, and I think it would behoove parents and grandparents to really control the amount of junk food that the kids are getting. Because, you know, take a look at the cereals that are being promoted for breakfast, artificial colors loaded with sugar, sugar makes the kids hyper, they bounce off the walls, the parents want to kill the kids, you know, I, I can remember, well, not really kill them, but you know what I mean. Yes, throw them out outside for a while or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get them out. Let them run off that energy. You know, we were, and I'm sure you were too, when you started out with children, you were very health conscious because you were into health before you had kids. And so we raised our kids very healthily. We could always tell when they went to a neighbor's house or to a friend's house and had sugar or candy yes. or they'd come back and they would be you couldn't keep them in a room unless it was padded because they'd be bouncing off the walls i have a funny story for you michael of uh, the exact moment my son lost all confidence in my advice and he was about <laughs> he, he was about three years old and of course our message to him up to that point was Candy's not good, so we don't have candy. Well, about three years old, a neighbor girl gave him a piece of candy. He came running in, and he goes, candy's good. <laughs> and from that moment on, I don't think he actually trusted our advice ever again fully that we knew what we were talking about. But I'll never forget, <laughs> candy's good. <laughs> and in that one instant, did all undid all the years of, of planning and training. And so even though we changed our mantra to candy tastes good, but it's not good for you, it didn't take with him. My daughter, on the other hand, a little younger, we got a better start with her, but that's stuck with me ever since. You know, it's really an, a, a fabulous story because so much of that happens in life on so many different areas and so many different levels. And on some levels, the sugar is an addictive substance. There's no ifs, ands, or doubts about it. Sugar is addictive. Sweet is addictive. Salt is addictive. And unless we gain control over our emotions and our taste buds, we're sugar junkies. The other day, we were in the uh, health food store, and Phyllis was talking to the clerk because the clerk, because we bought, you know, like, five bags of carrots. We used to be able to get five pound bags of carrots. We can't find them anymore. We can get one pounder. So we buy, you know, five, six, seven bags at a time because we juice a lot. And so the girl says, I'm just getting into juicing. The girl said, but I see you're buying organic carrots. Is there a difference? And Phyllis said, well, absolutely. One, not only do they taste better, but when you juice commercial carrots, you're really concentrating the chemicals that are in the carrots into the juice. 
And so you're really almost working against yourself. Yes, you're getting the beta carotene. Yes, you're building vitamin A, which is essential, which we'll talk about in terms of health for the children and for adults and why building the immune system is so important. But when you juice non-organically grown foods, you concentrate the additives, the chemicals, the fertilizers that the growing product pulls into its structure and totally unhealthy. And I've had people say to me, men especially who have cured their prostate cancer just with carrot juice. And they may do three, four yes. pounds, you know, on it. I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Yes. Well, yes, I've had that experience in a clinic that I worked at almost 50 years ago. Uh, carrot juice was the mainstay, cured this guy of cancer. Um, and the unfortunate part of our story, though, Michael, was after teaching him how to eat vegetarian, to juice uh, carrots, and actually got rid of his cancer, he couldn't keep it up, wouldn't keep it up, went back to his old lifestyle, old diet, and before long, his cancer recurred, and eventually he passed on. But it was in the light of seeing it in his own body, not just seeing it in somebody else, but he couldn't sustain it. And that was one of the sad lessons I learned early on is that some people just can't make the decision to go forward in health. And it's sad to see it happen, but what can you do? You just have to keep preaching the message and hope that the others, it will stick with it. But that's something that I've, I've learned. I need to reinforce in people I talk to that this will happen. You need to carry this forward and make this commitment and grow into this lifestyle. So it's interesting how even in, in when it's in your sight and you can see it, how hard it is for some people to adopt it. Um, it's an interesting conundrum I have observed. Well, this is one of the reasons, Steve, that when we get into our conversations, that my tendency is to go back to the mind and to the emotions. As you well know, I'm a firm believer that it's an emotional conflict that creates diseases because it's the emotions that draw us to the lifestyle we have, to the diet that we consume. Either we're eating like our folks, which means that we're going to end up with the same diseases and conditions our folks have, or we make a radical change and say, no, I know this is unhealthy. I want to change. The hard part is letting go of the emotional attachments to the food. That's why diets fail. You know, I, I found I was going through trying to clear off my desk to prepare for today because <laughs> I'm so far behind. But I, I came across a sheet of paper and I don't know, I don't know if this is from 2004 or what. Americans spent, I'm assuming this is from 2004 because it does have some date on here. And that is, Americans spent $117 billion in obesity-related economic costs. 300,000 Americans die each year from fat-related causes. Uh, in 2000, and that's 22 years ago, spent $110 billion on fast foods alone. And now they spend more money on fast food than on higher education, personal computers, Americans spend wow. up to 50 billion a year on diet and weight loss. 
And the food industry has a $30 billion advertising budget. McDonald's reportedly, and again, 2004, 500 million on one ad campaign, while the National wow. Cancer Institute spends about a million of dollars a year to promote eating five daily servings of fruits and veggies. Junk food yeah. advertisements target children as young as three. Junk food marketers spent 15 billion in 2002 just on marketing to children. So is it any wonder our kids are getting sicker younger? Isn't that I think it's pretty that? clear there's, there's a connection between how we live our lives and how healthy our kids are going to be. And it, it's surprising to me that so many people can't make that connection. It just seems so obvious to me. We feed our pets better than we feed our children. And for we see what goes wrong in, the, in our pets and we are right to the vet and we do this. But for kids, it's very different. And I've always been a little surprised by that dichotomy. I think we give in to the kids too easily. You know, they see the cocoa poison on TV. Oh, I want that. I want that. You know, the, the whole concept of a happy meal. You know, if you eat this kind of food, you'll be happy. And then there was the guy who ate it for 30 days and had all kinds of situations. So that that is an interesting story, too. You know, so for to gain. And here's one of the things about going back to carrot juice and beta carotene and vitamin A, the best nutrient for the immune system is vitamin A. You know, because of COVID and, and the doctors and everybody was recommended vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc, right? Yes. That was the big thing. And so when, you know, I had a couple of clients, I said, look, throw in some vitamin A, okay? Because vitamin A is more effective for your immune system than C, D, and zinc combined. And people don't get that. And I think one of the reasons that a lot of doctors do not promote vitamin A, now it's either one of two things, or maybe three, but two come to mind immediately. Either they really don't know nutrition at all, or they do know that vitamin A is the most powerful nutrient for the immune system. And here's why. Every mucous membrane that we have that's exposed to the environment is literally built and nurtured by vitamin A. Every coating on every gland and organ, those outer epithelial cells are built from vitamin A. So vitamin A is not a modulator, not an enhancer, not a facilitator. It is a builder of the immune system. So I ended up creating an A, C, D, zinc. And because of my love of pantothenic acid, I threw some pantothenic acid in there for the adrenal glands. Because as you know, if somebody's under stress, the adrenal glands are going to be taxed. And when they tax, blood pressure goes up and the immune system goes down. So I created that product. And, and Still, people are afraid. They've been so conditioned about vitamin A being dangerous that it keeps them.
from being truly healthy and slowing down the aging process. Because what does your immune system do? Whenever a virus gets into the body and replicates it, and or you eat junk food and your body being a divine creation will take those chemicals and corrupt the DNA of a cell. So now you're aging. And if you do not have a good, healthy immune system, guess what? Your aging progresses, sometimes faster than it should. And you're also laying a disease, laying a foundation for disease. So it's really fascinating that that uh, the medical community does not promote vitamin A. I guess that's in their best interest not to, because then they would not have people, you know, copay is what, 60 bucks, 70 bucks? Yes. Nothing like a little cynicism there, hey, Michael. <laughs> but <Me>? unfortunately... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's so true. I mean, having been a retailer for um, over 45 years and dealing with consumers since 1976, I learned early on about the importance of vitamin A as an anti-infective vitamin and often promoted it for things like sinus infections and uh, people who just struggled with chronic uh, infection get more vitamin A. And again, the levels of vitamin A, I'm sure you remember when, um, and it may still be that case when the doctors were afraid and everybody was afraid of vitamin A and vitamin D and the, and the dosages just shrunk so much that they could hardly be effective anymore. At least we're turning that around somewhat on vitamin D, but vitamin A is in my mind, one of those very important nutrients. And I'll tell you, because of the interview that you and I did on COVID right back at the beginning, and you brought up that vitamin A, I had actually not thought of adding that to my program again, uh, other than my multi, until you mentioned it. And so since then, I've been taking 25,000 units of vitamin A virtually every day. So um, I knew that message had sort of slipped from it while times of being healthy. But since you brought it back up, it reinforced that. The other thing that you just said that I think is so important for people is that concept of sugar. I remember the study that talked of, uh, was a nurse's study where, you know, one can of soda, 12 tablespoons of sugar, whatever it was, depressed the immune system for like six hours. And if you imagine our children getting a couple of these a day, people drink them multiple times through the day, some people do, and that they would be perpetually immune compromised. And so to understand that just sugar alone can depress your immunity, and when you realize you're doing that constantly, while not supporting your immune system with the A, the D, the zinc, and the lifestyle, what a, a double shot that is to people's health um, ability to respond. And so I'm so on board with both of those things that you brought out today. Yeah, you know, I think that there's a couple of things parents can do. One, obviously, is start buying whole grain, organically grown cereals for their children, unless they're gluten compromised, celiac, and get them sweetened with stevia, barley malt, lohan, 
um, xylitol, all of these things do not have a, a rush on the glycemic part of the body. So the body is not going to be forced into overdrive to manufacture insulin. It still gives that sweet taste in the buds. So the child is still getting something sweet, but without getting the detriment of sugar. So that's one addiction they can begin to get under control. And then by introducing organic food, you know, we all have our comfort foods because I know, I don't know about you, but I knew I grew up with comfort foods and I still have. Absolutely. Them. And so, but you can change them out into something that is healthy, the same food. And so there are healthy alternatives and that's where, that's, that's what people need to begin to think along those lines. How can I replace what my children are eating to keep them healthy, but still not have to fight with them about the taste of something? And so they can make a slow transition. And by building the immune system, they will, one, help the kids not have to deal with the insanity of what's going on in the classroom with the other kids who are sick. And so it'll protect them. And it will slow down the aging process and eliminate the foundation for disease taking hold. So that's something they can do. Add in vitamin A to whatever it is you're doing. Um, I do two things with for immune, the quick immune response, which you may have had in your store for a long time as mm -hmm. well. We I talked about it. Yeah, that was the first product I ever made uh, outside of my salves and lotions when I started the company 38 years ago. And that's what I gave my kids, A, C, zinc, pantothenic acid, golden seal root, echinacea. That was my first tablet, it was a combination. And today we still have it on the line, except I don't use the golden seal root anymore because it's been so decimated in the forests because I used to support wild crafters. I don't do that anymore. So now we use Oregon grapefruit, which still has the berberine, which is great for uh, the body as an antibiotic. So, Steve, I think we've run out of time today. I think I've over talked a little bit and um, we'll pick back up on this next week because I think that we should also get into talking about minerals for the kids, because one of the things that's going on with the stress is that it's compromising the minerals, which also in turn makes the kids more hyperactive and also sets them up for the inability to sleep, uh, for just getting hyperactive. I mean, it's really sad, everything that's going on. Anyway, that's it. That's all I've got. And Well, we could keep going, I know. So we'll just have to wait until our next show where we'll just pick this up. This is a wonderful conversation. And I hope people are getting a sense of where we're headed with this because this is our kids and how to nourish our kids so that they can be healthier starts with the parents kids don't get it without the parents adopting it so this is our mission to help families be healthier and these are some of the ways so i'm looking forward to it michael it's always interesting so thank you for having me today my pleasure you're a fabulous co-host appreciate <laughs> working you. with you Ladies, gentlemen, you all take care of yourselves. And if you can, tune into Steve's HealthQuest podcast. I do. I learn a lot. Steve, thank you. And uh, we'll talk. 
Take care. Till next week, Michael. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs, at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels. Thank you.